My name is Scott Challoner and this is the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on what is a very bleak wintry morning here in the capital, but joining me on today's programme to hopefully add a little bit of brightness and warmth to affairs is Andy Young, Chief Executive of East Kilbride Housing Association. Uh, Andy, welcome and thank you so much for joining us on the programme. Good morning. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for inviting me. And I have to say, in terms of the weather, it's not much brighter up here in Scotland, I have to say. Like I say, it's, it's the winter, isn't it? So I think we're, we're very much in the uh, the thick of the bad weather. And hopefully, as I say, we just sort of struggle through to uh, to March and uh, hopefully things get um, get a little bit better. Um, so um, obviously, just for those listeners that might not be uh, familiar with yourself, uh, you are um, a housing association based in central Scotland, uh, Mandy, and uh, you've been sort of at the helm for around about seven years now, am I right in saying? Yes, almost exactly seven years. I started here um, actually the day before my 50th birthday. So I spent, I spent the, the, my, my first day in my 50s working in East Kilbride Housing Association. We are probably on the smaller end of the scale in terms of Scottish Housing Association. Mm. There are roughly about, I don't know, 106, 170 associations in Scotland. Uh, and we're, as I say, probably at the smaller end. We've got just under 600 properties. Um, and we provide housing management, maintenance and mm. development services for, for those 600 properties. Yeah, certainly makes sense from my perspective. And uh, I imagine that like many associations like yours all over the UK, when sort of we had that historic moment in March 2020 when the national lockdown was called, you probably had to really rethink your service delivery and everything essentially had to change overnight. Um, what was that period like for you in those early stages of COVID where everything changed? Yeah, I mean, just another point, the housing in Scotland is a devolved matter, so mm. it is quite a different sector up here. I, I'm guessing down in England, where you've got much, much larger organisations, you know, I'm guessing it was a bigger headache for people down there with literally 20, 30, 40,000 properties than it was for me with 15 staff and, and 600 properties. But yeah, and the principles the same, you know. We we kind of got we we kind of got wind that there was something in the air and something happening in terms of the pandemic. Luckily, we were relatively well prepared for it. We managed to source fifteen laptops, um, and we got our IT people to sort of wire them up for us. And and staff were ready and able to work from home pretty much from the word go. And in fact, we. Um, we instructed staff to work from home about I think one or two days before the the proclamation was made. So we were kind of slightly ahead of the game, thankfully. Yeah, that's uh, really good. And um, obviously, I can imagine that when you're sort of transitioning to that remote working and all of a sudden there's that social isolation element in play, it becomes a little bit more difficult to sort of manage staff from a distance, doesn't it? And you've got to almost adjust your leadership style to sort of make sure that they're all in the right headspace and that they're being as productive as they should be. And um, what was that like? Yeah, that's absolutely right. And you really got to keep a close watchful eye on, on everybody because people's mental health was all over the place. During, mm. Certainly during the initial period anyway, where apart from the, the novelty, if you like, of working from home, and all that entailed, and, and incidentally, you know, that was a completely different experience for different people. Some people absolutely reveled in it and loved it, and, you know, I've worked from home ever since, and, and, you know, can't get enough of it and wonder why they never thought of it before. 
for other people, different story. You know, anybody who lives in a, a perhaps a small flat or was kind of trapped in a in a, in a one room with kids and dogs and things like that, it, it was a difficult experience. You know, mm. homeschooling was going on as well as you remember at the start of lockdown, so it was quite a difficult time. So yeah, you, you do you did have to keep a very watchful eye on everybody, which isn't always easy when you're dealing with people remotely. Mm. A two dimensional. Um, a picture of somebody doesn't always doesn't always give the clue. I, I like to see body language, etc. Yeah. Um, and you didn't really get that feel. And I, it, it, it was a difficult, difficult time to manage. But but we got there. And and you know what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, as they say. Yeah, I think you're very right on the fact that, you know, when you're watching people on a 2D screen, you sort of miss those little body language social cues, don't you? That something might not be um, not might not be quite right. And I can imagine as well, obviously, as well as staff, um, you've had to sort of maintain those relations with your tenants as well, because they're very much in the same boat, sort of being stuck in their properties, aren't they? Um, but as well as that, um, Absolutely. Yeah. as well as that, of course, um, something that is very, very real that we've been talking about quite a bit at the Leaders' Council, incidentally, our organisation, are the effects of uh, CEO and sort of director burnout as well. And during a crisis such as COVID, where, you know, you're in a leadership role and you are sort of constantly on the ball looking out for everybody else, sometimes you do sort of neglect your own well-being a bit. And you've got to remember to try and take that step back as and when you need to. But when you're sort of in the thick of survival mode, that's not always so easy. That's absolutely right, Scott. And and you know, as as all the leaders listening into this will will um, empathise with, you know, being being the leader is quite can be quite a lonely place at the best of times. Um, and we weren't we weren't talking about the best of times here. So you're absolutely right. Self self care was really important. Um, luckily, in my role, I I do get well supported. I've, I've got a board of of um, a board of directors. And the chairperson was very supportive of me during the during the initial lockdown period. Probably on the phone every other day, checking in on me. And in that in that sense, I didn't feel quite so isolated. So I, I guess I'm one of the lucky ones. So that's the system we've got in place anyway um, to, to to avoid that. As I say, in the best of times, so in the worst of times, it kicks in if you like. Um, and yeah, it it, 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 it was it, there were strange times. And we're still not completely out of it yet, no. which I'm sure we'll go on to talk about. Yeah, like I say, I mean, this is going to be hopefully the year where we do come out of the acute phase of the uh, the pandemic, obviously, sort of new variants um, in the equation. Like there are a lot of variables still out there, aren't there? But we sort of remain hopeful, I suppose. Um, obviously, sort of reflecting on the two years that we've had living with COVID so far, um, are there any sort of key lessons you think that have maybe come out of this experience of crisis management, if we call it that, just to try and see some positive in all of the tragedy associated with this? Um, well, from our point of view, we had a, a business continuity plan. And you, you always sort of develop these things in the hope that you'll never really need to use it. Mm. But obviously, we did need to use it. And, and you know, without blowing our own trumpet too much, it, it, it kicked in and it worked. Um, so, I, so I guess, you know, we can take some comfort and some pride uh, in that fact. But can I just nip back to a, a point you made about tenants earlier on as well? Yeah. yeah. One of the real positives to come out of all this, for us anyway, was that one of the, one of the tasks that we got our frontline housing officers to do, particularly in the early days, during lockdown, before lockdown, was to contact every single tenant um, 
by telephone, checking on them, make sure they were okay. Um, and not only did that become a huge source of comfort for the tenant, it actually helped staff to, and it helped the organisation in the sense that we found out more about our tenants than than, than we ever thought we would need to know. Um, and and that, that's a real unintended bonus um, or un, un, unforeseen bonus that, that we gained from the from the COVID crisis, particularly in the early days. Um, so yeah, mm. it's, it's not all been it's not all been doom and gloom. And I think um, in terms of collaborative working, in terms of internal communication, um, it, it, it it was pretty good anyway. But I think I think it's got even better now. Um, we don't do anything without without collaboration at all now. It's almost a positive irony, isn't it, that in a couple of years where, you know, we've been apart more than ever before, it's actually almost brought us closer together in some ways, hasn't it? And um, obviously, with taking those lessons that we've learned in terms of, you know, working practices, as you mentioned there, um, do you think that some of those practices are going to remain in the long term as well? And it's not necessarily going to be a case of flipping back over to the status quo. It's going to be a case of no, we'll, taking we'll, it forward. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll- yeah, we won't ever be the same organisation again, Scott, going forward. Mm. We, we, as it, as it happened, our receptionist left the organisation um, to move to another job during the first lockdown, and we took the decision not to replace it because the, the office was closed to the public anyway at the time, so it, 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 the, the stars seemed aligned on that one for us. Um, but we are now probably not ever going to open to the public in that sense again. So where people can just walk in off the street, um, we're we're um, or we've set up a working group of um, staff, board, and tenants to sort of formulate what what service provision might look like going forward, um, and I think that's the right thing to do because I think hybrid working or or whatever you want to call it, blended working. I've I've, I've heard that mm. um, description too. I think that's going to be the way forward for us now, and as I said earlier. I think that's easier for us to arrange with a, a, a 15 or so um, workforce than it would be for a 10,000 workforce. We, we, we can manage that quite easily. Um, but that 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 is going to happen without doubt. And now Scotland have just announced that the working from home um, restriction or the working from home edict is being relaxed from next mm. week. I, I don't think that really is going to affect us that much anyway because we, we, we're classed as an essential service. I perhaps should have mentioned that earlier. So we were allowed to come into the office from from very early on in the in the pandemic. Um, so I don't think that the new the new announcement is really going to affect us that much at all. But certainly, you know, the the days of fifteen people all working in one office will uh, they've gone. That's that's just not going to be the case mm-hmm. going forward. Um, quite what that's going to look like that that's that's up for grabs, and that'll be. I'll be decided um, by the redesigning services working group. Yeah, there's a lot still to be decided, isn't there, of course. But I think you are absolutely right when you say that maybe blended working, hybrid working, however we like to call it, uh, that's probably going to be the way of things in the future for most office-based jobs because it balances the benefits of sort of being able to work flexibly from home, like the work-life balance benefits that come with that, but also that social interaction of being in the office as well, being with our colleagues and sort of bouncing ideas off each other to drive that innovation forward. You're kind of sort of trying to take the best of both worlds there and giving that option, which I think is so, so, so vital. Yeah, I don't think people realise how important the 
I think you described it as office banter. There, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think people realise just how important that was mm. and is. Um, and and so even even if some people are going to be working mainly from home, we will still um, facilitate situations where they do actually physically get together with the colleagues at, at, at various stages um, going forward. Yeah, it's very vital. And talking about going forward um, as well, just before we do wrap things up, um, Andy, um, obviously we've been hopeful throughout this podcast that we're going to be out of the acute phase of COVID at some point this year, obviously with many variables still in the equation. Um, and all being well, um, what are some of your sort of ambitions within East Kilbride Housing Association for this uh, next 12 months? And where ideally would you like to be by the end of the year, do you think? Well, we want to continue developing new properties in East Kilbride. We we were out of the development game for quite some time. Um, I'll, not, I'll not bore the listeners with the details of, of why, but, but we, we started to build houses again um, two or three years ago. <laughs> our first our first development was, was about a month away from completion when COVID struck. Um, and the, one of the, con- or the main contractor got into financial difficulties too. So that would have been a difficult enough thing to deal with in the normal in normal times so it was uh, it was quite a nightmare under under those circumstances so we, we want to continue to build houses we want to continue to um house homeless people we want to perhaps expand our services and um, provide a, a kind of wider role services more than we do just now um east Kilbride is a strange town it's it's a town of about eighty-five thousand people um, generally speaking, it's quite an affluent place, um, but there are pockets of deprivation, many of which are where our properties are, um, and and therefore we um, kind of miss out sometimes on the kind of grants that the big cities and the sort of high index areas of multiple deprivation get. So we want to work very hard on, on improving our performance on that score as well going forward. Yeah, so plenty of big ambitions locally then and um, do wish you all the luck in the world, Andy, in sort of making that vision a reality, of course. And as we start to sort of see how the fog starts to clear over this uh, next year and we see how things develop in that respect, I'd actually relish the opportunity to sort of catch up with you on the show and just see how things are uh, coming along and hopefully there'll be some real positivity to share at that point. That would be a pleasure, yeah. It would be a pleasure. It's been it's been really enlightening, actually, just getting a little bit of a feel as to what the picture's like with uh, housing associations in uh, central Scotland. So thank you ever so much for joining us uh, today. Um, I'm sure the listeners share my sentiments. They really, really enjoyed the discussion. And um, Andy, do most importantly, take care and stay safe with all still going on in the world as well. Thanks, Scott. All the best to you. Um, and to all of our listeners today, I'd like to just reiterate that again. I do hope that you all thoroughly enjoyed the interview with Andy Young from East Kilbride Housing Association as much as I. Um, and um, also to all of you, take care and stay safe as well with all that is still going on in the world too. Um, for any listeners tuning in today as well who may feel based on this podcast that you have your own story of success and of innovation to share with us here at the Leaders Council, then by all means, we want to hear from you. So why don't you apply to be on the show via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. Um, until next time, to all of our regular listeners, once more, take care and goodbye. I and mean, we'll see you all very soon.